Well, Trent, you were just saying that there were several things that you needed to say during the, the intro. The first thing I was going to say is... You forgot what you were no, saying. No, no, it wasn't this. I'm just trying to say this. How do I say this politely? Is I asked Brent yesterday, did you get a new pair of shoes? And he said, Gil Miller bought them for me. And I said, I like those. Those are those are great. Would, would you wear any shoe that Gil ever bought you? And he responded by saying, my two requirements that it has to be extremely comfortable and it can't be trendy. <laughs> And then he followed up by saying, like, I couldn't wear Sperry's, <laughs> to which that shows you my, how not trendy. My fashion yeah. instincts tell me that those are out of style right now. Yeah. But even five years ago, you said you couldn't wear I them. I couldn't then. wear them. Yeah. She was having me try on shoes, I don't know, a week and a half ago. And there was these kind of Nike boot kind of shoes. Jade Montgomery classics. Probably. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, no, you can't. That that's not that doesn't work for you. Yeah, but they were comfortable. Well, so one for two. It's pretty solid. They were probably trendy, but just I didn't even realize that they were trendy. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Okay, and then, dude, the other thing I needed to tell you is because no one is sending recipe. Well, actually, it's not true. The other thing was that good old friend emo Ed told mm. me restaurant to check out. The York Steakhouse on West Broad. Never heard of it. It's apparently a Columbus staple of good steakhouse. Huh. That's what people say. Well. But the other place, I was with Landon Ward yesterday. Mm-hmm. We went to Smith's Restaurant and Deli on, on High Street off of Clintonville. Oh, yeah. Dude, my chicken parm sandwich was $6.89. And it was filling. I was there once. And uh, yeah, it's a throwback. Oh, yeah. They've got like... Did you get some peaches or like cottage cheese or something? No, cottage cheese. What <laughs> oh, is yeah. this, the 1800s? Absolutely. No. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to get cottage cheese as a side. A side of peaches? I'd rather go no food S- than cottage cheese. <laughs> Sliced pears? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it did have like old school Bishop Watterson gear and oh, grape, yeah. bet, grape soda. Yeah. Dad's root beer. One guy walked in, bought four bottles of root beer and left. I was like, that must be the world's <laughs> That's the best. only way you can get it. Well, that was some of the preliminary comments. Um, I was playing golf with my dad's friend Todd last week, and he okay. kept wondering why haven't we said anything about the 400 years yet. Todd Mace? No, not Mace. Another Todd. It's my dad's friend Todd. Interesting. Went to high school together. Good buddies. He's a podcast listener. He says it's the most bumping podcast in Columbus. <laughs> What does that say for the podcast community industry of Columbus? Um, I don't know. That's a great question. Yeah. So anyway, 400 years. So that uh, was originally raised by Mary Lou. None other. And she will not back down. No, she's like, come on. Let's go. The answer is Um, was the question. What happened during the 400 years or why? Why the 400 years? So that's a little more difficult to answer because i think and to be clear the 400 years is the 400 years of silence between the end of the old testament and the beginning of the new testament correct yeah or rather the birth of christ yeah so there's clearly just the main answer is the sovereignty of god Mm -hmm. um and there is you know galatians speaks of in the fullness of time, mm-hmm. you know, God sent forth his son. Galatians so, 4. Yeah, so there is 
I think just in God's plan, this was the time, you know, the, the fullness of time, mm-hmm. you know, the fullness of his time. But our good friend, Steve Heine. Owner-operator of Cupcake Stay Steve. You know he, what's impressive about those cupcakes? Mm-hmm. Gluten-free mm-hmm. tastes just as good as the gluten-filled. <laughs> he described the chocolate ganache cupcakes as chocolate air. Yeah. All I know is his, like, lemon raspberry cupcakes. It's insane. Yeah. Lethal. Oh, yeah. So he wrote, and in his email signature, signed Amateur Scholar, Excel Guru, and CEO and owner-operator of Cupcakes Day Steve. <laughs> I mean, if this is not a crowdfunding pitch for all of our investors and venture capitalists listening to this podcast right now, this is a, this is the next iteration of insomnia cookies, uh, GG's. Uh, yes, GG's cupcake. I mean, way better than GG's cupcakes. Uh, I, I mean, I don't want to bunt, say bunt cakes. I don't want to say anything bad about the bunt cake, <laughs> but I'm telling you, these cupcakes are just. I mean, you can't you can't beat them. I no. mean, it's just that good. They're great. But, but he, he he actually did some homework for us. He which said is some some sweet. facts, not about the timing, but as to why. But facts that happened in the four hundred years. Although I would say uh, these are facts of what happened, but you could see mm-hmm. there's a why connection yeah. with this. And three of these I know for sure to be true. One I've never heard before. He said the first is that. After the shift from Babylon to Persia, Alexander the Great conquered much of the known world and instituted a common language, yeah. Koine Greek. And yeah. this is the same language the New Testament's written in. Yep. The second So is, basically making the argument yeah. is, it was going to be more accessible yep. to people. It was a common at language yep. as opposed to different languages. And, yep. Yeah. The second is that the Roman Empire followed the Macedonian Empire under Alexander and instituted the Pax Romana, the mm-hmm. Roman peace, where people could travel throughout the empire much of the uh, known world in relatively in relative safety without fear of being attacked. Yeah. Also very much true. Well, the road system. Yep. 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 He ends up, so that's the third one is the rise oh, okay. of the Roman yeah, gotcha. empire. I mean, you spoiled it. Sorry, man. Hey, it's all good. Yeah. The rise of the Roman empire also came advancements in infrastructure, especially roads. Yeah. So you think about, I mean, you've heard the Roman road before as like a reference to the gospel, to the gospel, in Romans. but you know, also, the Roman road is something that was going on during that time is that travel was way easier during mm-hmm. that time period. I mean, effectively, it was you know kind of like a, a highway system, yeah. essentially. Yeah. The fourth, and this is one I've never heard before, as we sit today in the 21st century, it's estimated that only 2% of all people that have ever lived came before Jesus. So wow. 98% lived after Christ. I've never heard that before either. Um and you think about it, I mean, population growth is obviously growing oh, crazy massively. amounts. Yeah. But it's a, I don't know, it's an interesting thing to think of. Yeah. Well, I guess the the, the connection would be um, not thinking like, why did Jesus wait so long? Mm-hmm. But in the context of human history, actually it was, you know, uh, population wise. Yeah. Fairly early on. Yep. I don't know. That's an interesting perspective. Okay. Well, that's not what we're here to talk about. No. Although that would be a great podcast. Maybe an epilogue to the series would be about cupcakes. Last week, we studied the book of John. And this week, people are going to read the entire book of Acts. Yeah. And I told this to Kier today. I went home for lunch. This is the most excited I've been to talk about an episode. Mm. It's so good. The book's amazing. Oh, it is amazing. I mean, unlike you, I like this book. <laughs> it's a really good one. I like this I book of the Bible. I didn't ask the question. What do you think? What do you think about Acts? No, 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 no. 
I, we all know. Um, hey, you preached through Acts in 2019. So you have it. You you know all those show you notes. Have, you, you have the um, all the outlines in your mind. You remember <laughs> right. all the illustrations, yep. application points. Yep. Um, and uh, so it was challenging to kind of think through how to outline this because there's 28 chapters. There's so much that could be said. But I'm reading through this book actually with two college guys. Huh? We met this morning at, well, first let me, well, yeah, we'll talk about the college Bible study. Two college guys and I are meeting at Stoff's Coffee Shop in Grandview. Okay. That's where we got engaged, by the way, Kira and I. So, yeah, I knew you stalked her there for a while. That's, that is totally. 100% true, listening audience. All right. Uh, that's Trent only went there because Kira was going there. Not true. That is a popular The first shop. time he went it's, there was not because of that. Each time after. Acts 1, 1 <laughs> says, in this first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given up to the commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Okay, so what's the first book? If the readers are remembering, the first book that he's referring to there is the, yeah, that's the that's the Gospel of Luke. So oftentimes, these two books are referred to as Luke-Acts because they really do go together. Luke being the, you know, the story of Jesus. Acts is... There's, there's actually, people will talk about this different ways. They'll talk about, the, they'll call it the Acts of the Apostles mm-hmm. or um, Acts, the story of the church or Acts, the story of the Holy Spirit, yeah. which all, all three of those actually would be, would be accurate. So when I was trying to think through how do we highlight some of the main features of the book of Acts, it was providential that today we were studying Acts 2 at Bible study with college guys. Hmm. And they had some, had some amazing questions of things that we're going to have to get into. And I think, I mean, it might be a curveball for you, but it's it's it was awesome. It is the World Series. It is the World Series. And Pastor Hattonfield's Phillies are going to maybe clean, well, not clean house. but So in Acts 2, the first question was asked by a guy that said, so if all these miracles and these supernatural acts of the Holy Spirit are happening, does that mean they should be happening for us today? Mm-hmm. That was the first question that was asked. I don't think you can read the book of Acts without asking that question. Absolutely. Like, yep. Are these normative events yep. for the life of the church? So we'll get into that in a little bit. And the second question. So one of the guys was asking in Acts 2, there seems to kind of be, you know, this theme of this Gentile inclusion. The people of God in Israel were the, uh, or people of God in the Old Testament were Israel. And now in Acts, there's this emphasis on the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And he asked this question. This is at 730 in the morning. He said, so did God contradict himself if a lot of the New Testament is primarily about the inclusion of the Gentiles and the Jews don't? believe say the question again it did god contradict himself if by saying okay the people of god are israel yep but then the new testament a lot of the new testament is primarily about yeah the gentile yeah. inclusion yeah, yeah. so he yeah. was kind of wrestling with like thinking yeah. through yeah well to what degree yeah. what about israel yeah. you know so yeah. it was just a fascinating mm-hmm. question that these mm-hmm. guys were asking mm-hmm. like 
So are we getting into those now? Well, we can. Well, here's the deal. We can. Get, we we definitely should get into about the Holy Spirit piece because, like, like you said, Luke has that focus in the book of Luke, but also, uh, you know, here in Acts, that's hands down one of the biggest themes yeah. throughout the book. In Acts one, before Jesus ascends, he says to the disciples, "Wait here, and the Holy Spirit will descend onto you." Yeah, and when he does the different people in the audience start speaking in different languages. Yeah. They start speaking in tongues that they can understand each other, even though mm-hmm. they don't speak the native language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're kind of saying what's happening. And Peter basically says, this is the fulfillment of the prophet Joel mm-hmm. that your sons and spirit. daughters will prophesy yeah. and your spirit will be poured out in those days. Yeah. Yeah. They ask, what should we do? He says, repent and be baptized yeah. for the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. And that's really kind of like the birth of the church in Jerusalem. Yeah. Yeah. So, and obviously supernatural acts yeah happen all throughout the book sure sure yeah i think the the answer to that question as i would frame it would be we shouldn't necessarily say that those things must happen but we also shouldn't say that those things can't or shouldn't happen Mm -hmm. necessarily so um in acts 2 when when uh, peter is uh, preaching at the sermon at Pentecost, he talks about Jesus, and he, and he as he's before he describes um, the um, the crucifixion and, and kind of talking about the cross and that event. He um, he says this Jesus was attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs. Mm-hmm. Um, done through him in your midst. So in, in other words, what Peter is saying is the reason why Jesus did so many miracles and signs and wonders is so that people would believe that he is who he says he was. So his main mission was not to do miracles yep. and to do these things, but his main mission was to come as the son of God, die for the sins of the world, raise from the dead, create a new community of people mm-hmm. in order for people to realize this guy is different. You know, his he is who he says he is. His life is being attested to mm-hmm. by these miraculous things that he's doing. I think that same pattern um, is what plays out in the in Acts also, and the birth of the church. Mm-hmm. Like, how are people going to know? We should listen to these apostles. Mm-hmm. What? Who are they? And so God is joining their message. He's attesting to their message with miraculous yep. signs and wonders. But again, their purpose is not to just do miracles, but to proclaim Christ, yep. him crucified, and to invite people to repent. And believe. that actually comes in later when Simon the magician comes into play because when he sees these miraculous deeds going on, he he basically gets baptized because he has this interest of, I want the same powers that you guys have. Yeah, yeah. And they basically condemn him saying, that's not what we're here for. Right. You know, like you need to get your soul right with God. Right. It's not about these things. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So one thing also- But, that, but you know, the caveat, you know, because then people can kind of swing to the other pendulum of mm-hmm. like, there's there's no miraculous aspects of life, yep. you know, in this kind of era. And that, that's not true either. Mm-hmm. Um, there should be, evidences of you know supernatural mm-hmm. life but I, you know primarily i think that comes in the form of life transformation you mm-hmm. know mind change heart change 
uh, all of those kind of changes that only can be done by the Spirit of God, mm-hmm. work of God. Yeah, that is, Amen. That is, that is more miraculous yep. than you know somebody being healed mm-hmm. physically. Yep. It is more miraculous for a, a someone's seared conscience, mm-hmm. hardened to sin, to be all of, you know, to be woken up Amen. and say like, I need to repent. I, and Jesus says who he says. He I is. got, I went on a walk recently with a college guy that was basically grieved about how little he feels like he's been growing recently yeah. in his faith. And, you know, he named three or four sins that he's been struggling with. And so he's doubting God's work in his life. And I just asked him, would you have ever has said any of those things five years ago. Yeah. And he just was like, no, right. I never would have said that this bothers me yeah. that I'm like this, yeah. you know, and, but he has a repentant heart. Like yeah. it's yeah. such an evidence that the spirit is convicting him because the spirit's being grieved, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I will say one thing I want to ask because Kier has been kind of having the same question too, as she's been reading through the new Testament. Um, although, you know, kind of like you kind of brought up kind of what C.S. Lewis talks about with like spiritual warfare. The two temptations is to kind of think it's everything yeah. and then it's nothing. It's yeah. not there at all. Yeah. Similarly, we could kind of view, I mean, do you, is it fair to say though that there was kind of a unique bestowing of power from the Holy Spirit on the apostles 100%. that we would anticipate less so than then? Yes, 100%. Okay. 100%. In fact, in Ephesians, Paul talks about the the foundation mm-hmm. being on the uh, the apostles, mm-hmm. and then the, the church is sort of built on that foundation. But there were certainly unique giftings mm-hmm. to the apostles. I mean, they're yeah, they are they're largely the authors of scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, so they have that unique role in in gifting, and then certainly the miraculous things that they do. But again, it wasn't like apostles who are miracle workers. It is apostles who are authoritatively declaring God's truth mm-hmm. and to give credibility to their witness. Yep. God is joining their words with these displays, these signs. Mm-hmm. And just like when Jesus was doing signs in the book of John that we just saw, they were to point beyond themselves to the deeper reality and truth of who Jesus is. Yeah. The signs, I think, it, that the apostles did were to point beyond themselves. This is not just a miracle that's being done, but it's pointing beyond itself to the the, the authoritative teaching of the apostles mm-hmm. on which the whole church is built. Yeah. Amen. That's great. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot there. Um, I, okay. The next thing, kind of going off those questions the college guys asked. So one was kind of answering that question of are the acts of the Holy Spirit descriptive of a time that, you know, was only taking place in the book of Acts or is it prescriptive for today? Yeah. The answer is kind of yes. It's both yeah. like yeah. in some sense. But there was a very unique yes. aspect to that that office yeah. of apostle and that role and that time. Yeah. And we shouldn't idolize the gifts of uh, yeah. the miraculous working of the spirit, but we also shouldn't completely shut it off as a, a possibility. The second question about the inclusion of the Gentiles. I mean, this is a huge theme that comes throughout the book of Acts because yeah. 
at this point, Old Testament, you know, we've talked about how back in Genesis 12, I mean, we've even kind of brought this up in sermons somewhat recently, how in Genesis 12, God said to Abraham that he was going to, you know, uh, make him into a big nation. His family would become into a nation and in him, all of the families of the earth would be blessed. Meanwhile, it's Old Testament narrative follows the people of God as the nation of Israel, the physical biological descendants of Abraham. Yep. They are a disobedient people. Mm-hmm. The prophets come continually rebuke and correct the people of God for the areas that they've been disobedient mm-hmm. and prophesy that there will be a time when the Holy spirit will pour out on, you know, sons and daughters, people mm-hmm. will prophesy mm-hmm. Joel kind of mm-hmm. like what we talked mm-hmm. about here. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be limited to the physical ethnic Israel, but right. instead would become to kind of a continuation of Genesis 12, all of the earth. Yep. Jesus comes. He also kind of in the same spirit of a, the prophets rebukes scribes and Pharisees, Jewish leaders. He is extending physical ministry to Gentiles, mm-hmm. people that are outside the covenant. And then a- after his resurrection and ascent before his ascension, he gives the great commission to make mm-hmm. disciples of all nations, all nations. Yeah. you know? Yeah. So the, th- that's kind of where we're at. And, and, I mean, would you want to kind of set up the context a little bit of in Acts, the church is kind of wrestling with this a little bit. Yeah. Should we kind of include Gentiles in this? Yeah. And maybe some of the debates around that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this is this is another area, this question is another area where there's kind of a payoff in having read the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. What, because as in one sense, you can see why was Israel so significant, you know, because it was Abraham's family. But at the same time, you can also realize what's happening in the book of Acts is the fulfillment of what God said would happen and was supposed to happen through Israel, that they would, someone would come through that line that would bring blessing to all the peoples of the earth. So Jesus comes, fullness of time, right? Born of a woman, born under the law. He's born as a, as an Israelite, and he's the one who brings blessing opens up this blessing to all the peoples of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as you, so as you get to Acts, it is kind of cool because there is a little bit of a, a, you know, an outline to the book in the very first uh, chapter mm-hmm. and in the, the first verses. So, you know, Jesus, before he, um, before he ascends, he says, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. So that's right where they are. Mm-hmm. In Judea, which is kind of like, you know, think like Ohio. Yeah. State ish. And then Samaria, which is crossing ethnic bounds, um, you know, racial Mm -hmm. bounds and all that kind of stuff. And to the ends of the earth. And then that, that's what happens in acts. So it starts in Jerusalem and then it spreads from there. And, 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 uh, eventually in, I think acts eight slash nine, um, you know, it's going to Samaria, mm-hmm. and then as the book unfolds, it's Paul making these missionary journeys all, over the, all over the place. So it's it actually it's kind of like a table of contents. Here's what's going to happen: I'm going to make you witnesses. You're going to be you're going to go from here, out from that Samaria, ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. That's how the book of Acts plays out. Mm-hmm. It starts in Jerusalem, has some you know some tensions there of like. Uh, you know, the Jew Gentile tension and um, we're introduced to Paul mm-hmm. and Paul's 
killing people that are you, yeah, it says in followers of Acts Jesus. Acts 9, he's ravaging the church. Maybe ravaging the church, yeah. Um, and then he's the one then that becomes kind of the missionary to the Gentiles. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, there's kind of the initial debate of, you know, when Peter in Acts 10 is with Cornelius, he's kind of getting this vision of from God saying, all things are clean, you know, to the Lord. And Peter's kind of like, I don't know what this means really. And then when he sees the Holy Spirit moving in Gentiles, he's thinking, this is what this means. The Lord is saying that, you know, the people of God are no longer bound to one ethnic group. It's not that it's, there's unclean people group and clean people group. It's to all people. It's really all unclean people that God can make clean by the work of his spirit. So that's kind of the initial debate because then Peter has to go back and in Acts 11, they have this huge debate of can Gentiles be a part of this? And then... And those people are, they're actually Jewish Christians. Mm -hmm. They're people that are believers in Jesus and they're kind of like, how can we say that you don't have to be circumcised anymore or you don't have to do Mm -hmm. this anymore? And that's, and Acts 15 kind of becomes the coalition of churches that comes together and is like debating do we need to make Christians? Do we need to make Gentiles sorry. Jews to be Christians? Essentially, <laughs> yes. I mean, really, no, it's kind of it like is. how do they <laughs> do they have to kind of become this yeah. in order to become you know, part of so God's people? Do they have to kind of observe the uh, the the Old Testament eating yeah. you know ceremonies and the physical mark of circumcision, for example? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And those are the, the debates. The church ends up deciding: No, we can't you know, make you submit to a former way of life that doesn't actually help you in, in, in as an aid in righteousness. Right. In Christ, your right. righteousness is complete. Yep. And submitting to those things are kind of elemental spirit, you know, yep. r- rules of the flesh. Yeah, yeah. The other kind of cool thing about Acts, and I remember when we uh, preached through this as a church, it was good for me and I, a lot of people in the church kind of, as you walk through the latter portion of the book of Acts, and it's, these are Paul's missionary journeys, he's actually going to the places where he later writes yeah. letters to. So it's like Ephesians, you're going to read about Ephesus and in what's Acts going 20. on in Ephesus, you know, and the you know Philippians, you know, to to the, the jailer, the Philipp, Philippian jailer in Acts mm-hmm. 16, and you know, so that's a good way to think also is these are, this is Paul's journeys. This is his mm-hmm. missionary journeys. And then the letters that he writes, Galatians, Ephesians, you know, all this, they are to the churches that he planted Amen. basically on these journeys. That was, that was one of the more mind blowing connections for me that the Lord used in the past probably five years of reading the Bible was seeing that connection. Obviously mm-hmm. we've been talking about how the whole old Testament and new Testament sync together, but you know, getting some kind of uh, specific historical context within the Bible of totally. these churches of, you know, I love first Thessalonians. It's a, it's a book that's really challenged me and provided a lot of comfort in times of hardship, but you can go to Acts 17 and look at, you know, uh, you, you can look at the origins of how that church got started. Yeah. Paul and Silas's ministry there. And what's crazy is when you read those contexts, oftentimes Paul's only with them a week. Yeah. And then he writes these letters and he's like, I love you guys as brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in the Lord. And mm-hmm. I remember you all the time. Mm-hmm. You would think that they've been, you know, com- comrades for yeah. decades. And, and some of them were not decades, but like yeah. Corinthians, he was, he was, he yep. was in Corinth for a while, you know, a longer time, you know, yep. but yeah, you're right. 
but it is it's it's kind of like if we could make an analogy with the old testament it's kind of like once you realize that the story of scripture is really about one guy's family abraham's mm-hmm. family it it comes you know you, you kind of see it in a more unified way when you read acts and you realize these, this is one story of the church, and these other books of the Bible later on are just letters to those churches. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's it kind of brings it together that way. Yeah. Another thing that Acts and I, I, I don't have all of the outline, the the, the verse references here, but they're uh, maybe to a lesser degree than the emphasis of the Holy Spirit. But there is a very strong emphasis on the word of God mm. flourishing. Mm-hmm. You know, like in Acts 6, there's division in the church. They appoint people to a position to kind of help uh, as church officers to try mm. to help out with mm-hmm. the unity of the church. And it says at the end of that passage, I think it's in verse 7, that the word of God flourished yep. because of it. And, yeah. and a great many came to faith. Yep. And that also, you know, you see that as like God's people are living generously together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word of God is flourishing. Yep. You in know, Acts 2, the college faith. guys and I were talking today, you know, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, yep. to the breaking of bread and prayers. Yeah. And it was while we're at Stoffs, I was like, this is this is it. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's like, that's simple, simple church of like, yeah. what are we supposed to be about? We're supposed to be about devoting ourselves to God's word, mm-hmm. to praying together, you know, fellowshipping, and of course, then... Mm-hmm. living out that commission of making disciples to other people. So we complicate it a lot, and yeah. Acts, Acts kind of like simplifies it. It there. does. And then um, the other thing I was going to say about the Word of God is that, you know, I think it's in Acts 18, Paul says, it says that Paul was in Corinth for like a year and six months teaching them the Word of God. That's mm-hmm. like what he's spending the most mm-hmm. of his time doing is mm-hmm. teaching the Word of God, which is pretty amazing because, you know, there was not a New Testament at the time. This was the time of the New Testament that these, when Paul is teaching in the synagogues, he's only bringing the Old Testament with him. There wasn't a New Testament. So, you know, he's, it's just been challenging for me to think through, could I kind of evangelize to someone, you know, through the Old Testament? Or, you know, could I kind of make the case for Christ as the Messiah through? Yeah. But he's also, he is teaching the Old Testament through the lens of the cross and the resurrection. Yeah. So it's not, it's not like he's saying, hey, you know, we'll figure out how this is going to happen mm-hmm. just from this. He's he's really reflecting on this central event, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the coming of the Son of God, cross and resurrection, and saying, this is the fulfillment of, mm-hmm. of this. This yeah. is the blessing. You know, this is the people of God that's that very true. being gathered. The, the thing I was going to say, though, is that in Acts 18, Paul's there a year and six months teaching the Word of God, and then when he writes his first letter to... Well, when, in First Corinthians, he says, you know, he says that line, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. Amen. Paul, Paul's planting of what is what he's trying to get godly growth is teaching the word of God. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just, it's just, it's amazing. If we want to see growth in our life or in the lives of other disciples that we're pouring into, we must be teaching the word of God and we must be relying on the Holy Spirit Amen. to bring about that work. Amen. So... There's so much more that we could say. Uh, churches get start persecution. We didn't yep. spend any time talking about that. Yeah, and well, we did very briefly because we said Paul, who was formerly Saul. Yep. Not Saul from Old Testament, but Saul, um, the Pharisee. Mm-hmm. 
he is studied under Gamaliel. Yeah, he's he's essentially tasked with stamping out the movement of Jesus followers. And so he's persecuting the church. And as the church is persecuting, that's part of how that uh, you know, how they spread outside of Jerusalem and mm-hmm. outside of Judea yeah. and, and to Samaria. So as they're persecuted, they go and as they go, they take the gospel message with them and they continue to be persecuted. Um Largely by the religious community, some some by the more pagan community, you know, mm-hmm. um, Greek gods that you know they come into some of these Gentile communities also. Um, there is, uh, I can't remember where it is, but there, there's an early church father. I don't know if it was like Ignatius or Polycarp or something along those lines, where basically they make the point that martyrs the seed of the church the is the seed blood of the church of the, yeah seed, seed of the of church the is the blood, blood of the martyrs, martyrs. Yeah. 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 yeah i mean basically meaning like worldly intelligences think let's kill christians yeah. but actually that's typically the means by which god brings about growth yeah. in those yeah. areas yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's crazy to think that the gospel goes forward because of persecution yeah yeah so anything else we're missing man i mean i, I we just are think missing stuff, well, yeah we're missing a lot but i think it it's a good reminder as people read this to kind of pay attention to that, um, that intro of this is the mission that Jesus is giving and you can, you can watch it happen in the book, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. And it ends still kind of going to the ends of the earth. And so, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating book in a, in that sense, we're still in the book. <laughs> yeah. You know, because we're still going to the ends of the earth. Well, and what's kind of crazy is, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, maybe this is a confusing thing to say, but we are in the ends of the earth. Yeah. From there. From there. Right. You know, I mean, now granted, in God's providence, we're going back. Yeah. By sending missionaries and things yeah. like that because there's gospel, gospel destitute regions actually yeah. closer to where. Anyway, yeah, but it is, it's something not to forget of, of kind of like, even when you think about the Gentile inclusion, like, you know, that the <laughs> story of the church is not over. It's not over. And, yeah. uh, yeah. It's so yeah, there's, there is a bit of a, like, how, how do we find our place in this, this, mm-hmm. this ongoing story? Yeah. And something I thought of too, this week, you know, we read an Acts even in Acts 2, talking about breaking of bread and stuff like that. And we're celebrating communion this week. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that the church still does that. Oh, yeah. Like, if you th- like, it just thinking about stepping up and grabbing the elements, it is so easy to get ritualistic. But yeah. to think through this is a, you know, this is almost 2,000 years yeah. of church history yeah. partaking. Yeah. Not to mention the Passover connection of, yeah. we're talking, this is like a, in a connected way, a multi-thousand-year ceremony that we're yeah. partaking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just think it's like Sunday. Right. Yeah, yeah. It it ties us to the histor- historical church. Yeah. yeah. And the people of God, and the, and obviously the work of Christ. Yeah. Well, I kept you long. Your hot chocolate's cold. I already downed it. Well done. It's gone. I didn't have one of those fancy cups. Ember so, mug. Sorry, uh, sorry Gil. Yeah. It wasn't meant to be mean. Next week after Acts, all of Romans, and I think it's like the first eight chapters of Corinthians. Romans got some weight, weight to it. Oh, that'll be an interesting podcast. 
We'll probably do that one in like 10 minutes. Yeah. I'll pray. All right. Father, thanks for this time. Thank you for your word. And we pray that as a church, as we read through your word, you'd help us to put together the Bible, uh, not only with the Old Testament and the New Testament, but also apply the book of Acts even to our own life and that our life, our ministry, our church would devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, the words of Christ, your precious word, and be fully reliant on your Holy Spirit to bring about the growth in our lives. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.